Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Alarmy. Check out Alarmist on Patreon for ad-free episodes and bonus content. Here's a preview of our guest alarmist series only on Patreon. Like, what is that instinct that made you run to the bathroom? Shame. Oh, 100%. I was I felt so ashamed. <laughs> this is like it was she was like an older woman too. Right. And she had this like, You were disgracing her. I, she was disgraced. Like make no mistake. <laughs> she like if she came in with grace, she was disgraced. Yes. Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. Each week we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith, and this is the aftermath. The aftermath. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today we're speaking with guest expert, Dr. Jigwa Ye. Dr. Ye is an associate professor of history at Seattle Pacific University and the writer of multiple articles about the flood, including Cities Under Siege, Flood in 1931 and Environmental Challenges of Chinese Urban Modernization. She's also working on her upcoming book, Big as Modern, the making of Wuhan as a megacity in early 20th century China, 1889 to 1957. Let's hear what she has to say about the central China floods of 1931. Dr. Ye, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. We're very excited to talk to you about this uh, historical event that many of us hadn't even heard of before we 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 did our our search here. Um, so I wanted to see if if you could start off 
by giving us um, an abbreviated history of the Yellow and the Yangtze rivers. Uh, had they caused flooding before? Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 measures were had been taken to stop that flooding? Um, as as the population of the cities grew in the area. Yeah, sure, definitely. Yes. Um. So this is called Central China floods. So the flood affected two large rivers, the Yangtze River and the Huai River. Okay, Yangtze River is the longest river in China. It started from the Qinghai Province, which is close to Tibetan. All right, and then uh, all the way flow, uh, wandering around eight provinces of central China, eventually enter into the uh, to to the yellow uh, 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 yellow sea. So um, that is the river. Um, uh, host a large number of uh, well developed uh, uh, cities. Um, for an agricultural empire of China, um, many of the cities were built along the rivers because it's that's uh, that get um, the city access to the uh, water, water transportation, water for ir- ir- irrigation systems, providing food for people. Okay, China was known for a large number of uh, uh, most populated cities, right? Um, which made them, um, you know, a, a, a home for a, a large number of mega cities with population over 1 million. So water is very important. And for the Huai River, it's a little bit to the north, north China. But to north China, the largest river is Yellow River. During this time, the Yellow River also has its flooding uh, issues, but not uh, too bad. So that's why historically, uh, people call this is a Jianghuai Shui Zai, meaning Jiang, uh, uh, Yangtze River and Huai River floods. All right. Um, so, uh, yes, this river, uh, this this floods affected a, a large number of people. Um, according to some survey, um, there are about 52 million people got affected, killed as many as 2 million people. So wow. this is a horrible disaster, one of the deadliest uh, disaster in Chinese history, probably yeah. in the world record. Um, and many of the you know, uh, economical loss and population loss uh, occurred in the cities. Um, as we, we've talked about how uh, you know, cities, um, usually in China, this old agricultural empire, were located along the, along the rivers. Um, so right. can, you, can you tell us about the extreme weather events that happen in the region just prior to when this flooding started yeah definitely the i mean floods flooding issue is very usual i as you can imagine right um i mean for sen like many centuries uh, uh, traditional cities built by imperial china along the rivers develop its uh, uh, strong water control systems preventing oh. floods for example the uh, the worst affected regions during 1931 is wuhan the city of wuhan at that time the city is not yet unified it is uh, three urban uh, localities wuchang hankou hanyang all right. Each have their own water def- uh, uh, flood control systems uh, oh. built uh, because that's annual issues. Flooding is annual issues for most of those riverine cities. Okay, every late spring, local people had to pre- 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 prepare 
okay, the gentry uh, local elite will send uh, people to check the water levels, report to the local government. The government will start to maintain the dikes networks, you know, um, to survey the water uh, level of the uh, Yangtze River and its largest tributary, uh, tributary Han River, which divided the three urban centers into three different locations. So um, yeah, in, in late 19th century, there are quite a few large floods occurred. Every three to five years, there are big floods affected these regions. Now, the, the, the cities that are, are, are most affected, mm -hmm. how, how does the flooding start in 1931, can mm -hmm. you walk us through? Uh, because I know it was it didn't it wasn't just one day; it was a period was, of time. It is it is a period of time. So yes, for 1931, um, I mean the flood in 1931 was very unusual, though. You know, it had its uh, unusual natural conditions that made, created this huge, devastating uh, disaster um, because the winter. Uh, in the previous year was really harsh. It has a huge snow and ice, right? Uh, that covered the entire Yangtze uh, River Valley, um, especially um, in, in, uh, in the West, like the Northwest uh, around the T uh, Tibetan area, uh, large snow and ice stored over the winter. Okay, so entering into the spring 1931, uh, when the weather got warm, and the melting of the snow and ice that join with the huge heavy rains starting from May of 1931 that created huge water volumes and put a great pressure on the dike systems that already established in that region. And then um, for the summer, um, so it's very unusual. The scholars noticed that um, usually in that regions, we have in the average, like in an average year, uh, two cyclon uh, cyclonic storms. Um, but in that single month of July, 1931, there are actually seven cyclonical storms. And, and that leading to a heavy rains with the volumes uh, uh, equivalent of uh, uh, one, like, uh, like 1.5 times of the uh, annual volumes of precipitations in a single month of July. So it was it was unprecedented at the time. Now it happened so so it started uh, in May. Now it, in July is where when there's this catastrophic mm -hmm. dike breach in in Wuhan I Wuhan. I believe. Yeah. That's and right. and and then there's a, another one that happens um in, in a lake in August. Yeah, um, in late August, because the water usually late spring and early summer, that was the time people expected the uh, the heavy rain, and then the water pressures will be strong. But that year, not only July had a heavy rain, um, and then uh, August, even early September, you know, that was just like uh, 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 unstoppable, um, continuous heavy rain that put pressures. Um, so we got um, like a few dikes got broken. Um, the dikes um, that they created a few defensive lines 
right? Mm. The dike protecting the Yangtze rivers to flow into the inner cities. And there's dikes um, that uh, on the other side of Yangtze to prevent it floating into uh, another city. Because there are three cities, right? We mentioned about Wuchang, Hankou, Hanyang. Wuchang is the provincial uh, capital cities, which has a, like a city wall to protect the urban proper. Um, so that was the last one outbreak. And for the Hankou, it's a commercial town. It has its own uh, water control and uh, flood prevention uh, mechanism de de designated by local government. Uh, but there, uh, because the city town, um, it had um, irregular urban design. So it has a little bit of uh, uh, a war city zone, but it also has a market towns, residential area outflow that preventing system. So the July um, break of the dikes that affected the Hanko first. Hanko first. Okay. And, and the, when this dike is... Breaks when it fails. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a massive initial death toll. Is that right? It's the the flooding causes a lot of death. Initially. Yes, the flooding causes a lot of death. Um, we don't have um, the um, accurate number showing how many people killed by flood. Um, like let's say July. Uh, right. when the when the dikes uh, failed in Wuhan. But we do have a survey conducted by a professor of a Nanjing universities talking about that first few weeks. Um, there are about uh, 150,000 people died directly wow. uh, caused by drowning. Um, wow. So that was a you know huge number. Now, uh, how how maintained, how well maintained were these embankments that surrounded the river and the cities? And whose job was it at the time to ensure um, the safety of the residents that were living in these areas? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, this is my paper talking about. Uh, during the turn of the 20th century, uh, this is a time China uh, transformed from a traditional agricultural empire into a Republican a nation that emphasized urban modernization, industrialization. This new government uh, led by the Nationalist uh, Party, the Kuomintang, uh, they're very um, enthusiastic of transform China completely, right? Um, so for the dike system um, that created so essential protect the riverine cities from flooding, that was a really essential mechanism designed for agricultural empire because you want to protect the people you want uh, during the flooding seasons and then some of the dike and network created some um you know um the uh high water uh uh storage area vast high water storage area after the water uh decline it will become a very uh affordable arable lands for people to grow uh, crops so it was very smartly designed but it fit in that agricultural economy systems and that mentality gradually gave away basically the, those new western educated you know um so-called technocratic officials, right? They learn another way, 
they want borrow uh, a um, industrial model how to build a city into China. Um, so what they did, uh, starting from 1927, this is made in 1931, um, that big cities so unprepared for this flood. 1927 is the year the Kuomintang was able to launch a very successful military explore, uh, explore, uh, exploration. And they conquer this uh, central China uh, large cities. So Wuhan was a very important one. Uh, when they settled down in Wuhan, they tried to transform the city as a showcase for what a modern city looks like. Okay, what they did was that they dismantled all the city wall. The city wall was uh, uh, crucial for um, in, in pure city design um, because the city wall were built um, with the waterproof bricks and other materials. And the city wall can prevent the flooding during the high water season. The city will also build this um, like floodgates under it so that connecting the uh, rivers and lakes within the cities uh, that can um, get the city out of the war cities during the high water seasons to the lakes and Yangtze River that um, outside of city. So um, when the um, Kuomintang the Nationalist Party established the local government. The first thing was that they do is dismantle the city wall and then uh, damage uh, the uh, flood water gates and underground water tunnels to connect to the city, uh, the, the waters within the city with that of the outside cities. So um, that actually, the and also the um, artificial uh, canals, um, that created around the cities that often worked as a traditional drainage systems, mm. you know, so that when there's a water coming, coming the uh, like when raining seasons, the water within the cities can hold waters that clean um, the cities uh, and providing irrigation waters for growing crops, you know, rice and whatever you know, necessary food for the urban uh, people to eat. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's a civil war that's occurring in China at the time. Um, and I believe it's between the Communist Party and, and the nationalist government that is now there. That's right. Can you give us some background on this conflict? Sure. Yeah. So definitely in 1931, um, you know, even though um, Guomindang, the Nationalist Party, uh, claim its uh, unification of China and themselves acted as the legitimate central government, um, but they faced a lot of challenges. One of the things is uh, after 1927's North Exp- Expedition, um, they uh, started this uh, prolonged um, anti-communist campaign, right? Um, and their, um, you know, the military tensions, but also a very costly political campaign that the Chiang Kai-shek had to uh, gain the support within his party and in the government, and uh, use uh, a large number of their military forces to crack down and hand down the national, uh, the communist uh, military forces. So. Um, so 1931, uh, one of the thing is um, you see that the, uh, this modern government cannot designate enough financial and human resource to protect the floods or to help to build up and strengthen the dike systems that protecting them from the flooding is because, um, and those actions are just so costly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What now? Where were the residents of the cities going to seek refuge? What what mm-hmm. kind of aid was being provided for them? Yeah, for sure. Um, the the local residents have its own traditional knowledge, <laughs> um, how to survive, but they also caught and very unprepared because um, usually they will go to the dikes. Right there's a a um, the dikes building outside the of the uh, Wuchang, which is a provincial government, uh, uh, government the seat of a provincial government, um, where they um, that historical dikes 
usually considered very strong and safe for them to climb up um, and then um, set a refugee camp on those embarkment. Mm. Um, actually, some of them did that. However, because August by August, some crucial part of that uh, uh, break, uh, uh, dikes got break. Um, so what they did is that they had to climb up the mountains, the high ground, um, and um, um, in, in, in away from the from the rivers. But for some people living in the city, it's a little bit harder for them to get there for the time concern yeah um and um another thing is because even though the city war got dismantled but um this the 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 foundation of city war that was built for centuries are still providing some protections so there are one third of the cities within the city war are not touched by the floods so that's very fortunate (laughs) for some of the people were able to find but for hanyang and hanko was not that very fortunate Pretty much the entire city of Hankou got completely uh, inundated, which Hankou is the uh, treaty port cities. Uh, most of the uh, uh, investment by made by the local merchants um, and association and people, um, th- their uh, property got completely destroyed by the floods. So uh, the economical loss was huge because um, starting from the Opium War to 2031, um, most of the local investment um, made by people occurred in Hankou, not in Wuchang. Oh, wow. Now, how, was the government providing any aid for the, the survivors of the flood? Were they being sent to, uh, were there refugee camps where, because I, I'm assuming all of, there was total destruction for many people uh, for their homes. Yes. Um, I think um, I, um, I read um, some documents showing um, 70% of the wow. house got destroyed by the floods um, that affected the poor community the worst right so you can imagine a lot of people created a large number of uh, uh, refugees and people have to left out their homes um, and then finding um, a safe place to leave the government did provide some um, uh, uh, refugee camp provide food medicines for people um, but it's very limited as you can imagine, the Chiang uh, uh, government uh, that under a lot of uh, uh, military and financial stress uh, due to the uh, you know the tension between Kuomintang and communist, um, and also in 1931 and uh, seized opportunities, the Japanese uh, invaded the Manchu area. And um, oh. so this is an actual uh, burden for the national government to provide a good uh, disaster relief um, effort to people. Um, but they were able to eventually negotiate to get the wheat from the United States. Um, so uh, this is really helpful. Um, they originally trying to get um, League of Nations um, and, and find a loan that providing money um, and, and then providing financial support of the local people. Um, but uh, that negotiation uh, didn't uh, work out um, because 1931, we got global financial 
recession crisis. Oh, wow. Lead to course, World War II, yes. right? 1931. <laughs> yeah, 1931. Yes. Very bad timing. Very, very bad. Very bad timing. Very bad wow. timing. So China actually facing the same, you know. Um, but I guess because of the floods, you don't see the inflation. You don't see, you know, the financial crisis, because we got a lot of people perished, right? It's about, you know, it, wow. it depends what kind of a number you got. It's hard to give a precise estimation how many people uh, died and uh, affected by it. Uh, for the uh, the average, like people believe uh, or usually um, the popular numbers people use to describe is uh, one tenth of the total national population got affected. Two wow. million people died. And then um, some other sources even suggest one fourth of the national population got affected, right? Almost 4 million people died. So if you think about that number, you know, financial economic crisis is nothing. <laughs> and yeah. as a matter of fact, by the November 1931, the national government was able to secure this um, uh, this negotiation or uh, the uh, re relief uh, effort with the United States. Americans, uh, farmers grow the wheat and they can ship across the Pacific Oceans and then using the food to helping people and gather people you know, to work on rebuilding the dike systems. Now, it, the 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 death toll continued to rise mm -hmm. after after the even after the flooding because uh, yes. What 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 were the what was the reason? I, I believe there was illness, there was famine, there was. Uh, yeah. Can you tell definitely. us more? There's a lot of reasons. Okay. Um, the death toll directly caused by drowning is already huge. However. Um, we've talked about um, the the vast area got affected by the floods, and this floods caused by the prolonged heavy rain, uh, which made the water uh, the the recess recession of the water uh, only started the early sign in early November, which means there are three months, nothing changed. If your house or your city bury on the waters, they stay that way, okay? So a lot of people escaped and become homeless. For, yeah. Han, uh, for Wuhan, Wuhan alone, there's an estimated 400,000 people were left homeless. And when they live in the very crowded um, uh, refugee camp, um, you know, the hygiene condition was horrible, right? So you can imagine a lot of people uh, died because the flood-related disease. There's mm. diary, uh, typhonid, and chlora, and, and also because of the crowdness, uh, there are other diseases like measles and smallpox outbreak. That causing a huge uh, death toll. Um, in Wuhan, this is a uh, uh, has a nickname of uh, the furnace of China. During summertime, it's really hot, humid, mm. um, so it become a perfect habit for mosquitoes. Mm. Uh, 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 in in its refugee crowded refugee camp, that give rise of uh, malaria outbreak. Um, so that killed an estimated three hundred thousand people. Okay, yeah. so um, for one um, document that I find um, says in total, the flood related disease caused a 70% reported fatalities amongst the rural families and 87 of the deaths in refugee camps. 
Wow. <clears throat> now, now, on top of all of this, the the cities are, from my understanding, experiencing uh, there's there's martial law that's declared. Uh, by the local, uh, the militaries, the local government, mm-hmm. and there's the, there's a paranoia that's setting in. You kind of touched this. Uh, uh, you you spoke about this a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. But what what is going right. on socially? Um, socially during yeah. this time. Yes. Well, it was a um, a lot of going on, right? Um, and this is a political crisis for the yeah. national government, for sure, um, because um, uh, about four years ago, 1927, uh, that was the year the national government uh, declared their, themselves as the only legitimate government to rule whole China. They officially ended the warlord periods of China, which when the Qing government collapsed, China fell apart. There are so many warlords taking over each different portions of this uh, vast empire and rule uh, by its own. And the nationalist government are trying to, uh, you know, unify China. But uh, four years later, after their efforts, they see this huge flood. So that's really a test for their legitimacy. And it's a political crisis. Um, and then in terms of the, um, uh, uh, the political influence, we know that China, not everybody adopted this nationalist uh, like political ideology, right? We, have, we do have the communist right, influence of the local people, more radicalized uh, uh, revolutionaries. Um, so for this floods, yes, um, this floods, um, when the government uh, carried out the uh, disaster relief, um, their purpose definitely is to helping people, right? And a restored order of the local urban societies. But on the other hand, because they are uh, in, still engaging and very importantly, th- this anti-communist campaign. So you can see there's a consequence of that, right? With a lot of people running around, um, they worry about the communist or pro-communist uh, mobs, rights, and people hide it as uh, refugees went back to the city because you have to keep in mind, um, cities are very important political base for the mm. Kuomintang. They want to build a modern China by building a industrialized, modernized cities. So what they did uh, from 1927, uh, this anti-communist campaign is pushing the, all the pro-communist or communist uh, members outside of cities and chasing some them around the in, uh, pushing them to around the China and pushing them into the remote mountain areas. So they are not uh, intervene and the, the, the nationalist party's governance in cities. And they worry them to coming back. So when you protecting the local residents and then when you support, uh, uh, helping get the food for the refugees, you worry about, you know, somebody, somebody coming here to destruct this process to create some political or military pressures for mm. for, for Kuomintang. Yes, taking advantage of, of yes of the, the chaos the, the chaos mm. yes. Um, so we, we found that uh, you know obtaining uh, information about this disaster, uh, you know, even a, a a quick Google search was was difficult for us. It, it wasn't readily available, at least. Um, at least for us in the in the U.S., why isn't this disaster um, discussed more here in the states? Mm. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I guess um, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, I guess um, even among Chinese, this flood is not very well studied. It's a controversial, um, you know.、Um, I mean, yes, here in America,、um, I mean, this is the. I mean, America is a huge country,、um, and we do also have、uh, long rivers and floodings, right? Mississippi River.、Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think when America become an independent country after 18th century, American War was occurred because America already established that industrial. Power, which give American this economical base to claim their independence.、Um, so I would argue American, when this country、uh, came into form, it already became an industrial nation. So for China, the problem is, you know, this agricultural empire had its own logic, had its own economical systems, and then. Water is so important because this empire、mm-hmm. historically building along the rivers,、mm-hmm. the Yangtze River, Yellow River basins, is a homes for the majority of people even nowadays. Right, you can see like eighty percent of populations of China nowadays still live taking this half part of the nation and leave the other part very sparsely populated. There are clutter around the city,、uh, the rivers. So cities, major cities that we are familiar with, are still along the rivers. So water control is important. I guess、uh, that probably can explain why American people are not, you know, pay much attention of that because, in a way, that's not a key issue here affecting、ah. our life. It's industry countries, and then you know.、Um, But、wow. for China, it's it is a problem. I mean, one of my articles, and I think historians who study these floods also found the fascinating is why、um, we don't have much study on it.、Um, yeah, yeah, it it, it makes sense,、um, and I, I'm assuming too. This is a very traumatic event that、uh, I'm sure was difficult to discuss at the moment. Uh, wh- while it was occurring, I'm sure it it, it affected so many people in it, the entire country. It it totally. I think it. Even though we are lack of、uh, um, much history studies, but I'm sure this floods、um, stay in the back of people's mind. You know, nineteen forty fifty four. There's another huge floods, which occurred under the communist regime, and. Communist uh, leadership, uh, fighting lo-、uh, leading of local people fighting against that 1954 floods、um, has been well recorded for the political purpose of、wow. showing people that you know we defeated this、ah. even worse floods than、um, our rivalries, the Kuomintang back in 1931.、Um, but one thing is、uh, you know. 
yeah, it's 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 in a different situation, right? We're talking right. about the the Japanese invasion, right, and then the uh, global economical recessions and everything. So, um, um, and then the efforts of making urban modernization for Communist Party in the first few decades, you know, the urban development was not on top of their list. Mm. Now, uh, we we ask all of our guests this this very specific question. Finally, um, at the end of the day, if you had to pick a person or thing, it could be a concept that you think is to blame for the the central China floods of 1931, who or what would that be? Um, I don't think I have a specific name of a person in my sure. mind, but definitely I feel like um, this flood shows... Um, this, uh, I would say I would blame this, um, you know, uh, high industry concept, uh, developmental state that human can conquer nation with the technology advancement. Mm. Um, I mean, historically, it does showing that eventually, right, um, when you're building more sophisticated designed uh, uh, urban drainage systems, underground pipes that help the three cities to sustain, but in heavy rain and unfortunate conditions, um, the fact that human infrastructures actually uh, decreased the eco eco ecosystems of local societies and make um, uh, the local society resilience um, uh, sort of uh, weaken the resilience systems of local societies mm -hmm. in a unusual flood like this. Um, so yeah, I would say um, that's um, that. And then um, the also blame the, um, the central government uh, that they bring um, a lot of uh, their knowledge, uh, the lot knowledge rooted in um, a uh, sort of general industry models that stay in their head into the local uh, uh, regions and then ignore the local knowledge, the wisdoms, and didn't understand how the traditional system works, right? Ignore the interest of the people. There are lots of people uh, question about it. Lots of people's mm -hmm. land was reclaimed because of that rapid, ambitious urban um, modernization project. Um, so yeah, I, I would say uh, this is very unfortunate occurred in this transitional time, but the, um, uh, over enthusiastic about this uh, uh, industry uh, idea of how human beings can conquer nat nat nature um, yes. without paying attention of uh, the traditional wisdoms, without collaborating closely with the local uh, leaders and then hearing the voice of local people that certainly make this disaster uh, uh, unbearable. Uh, for people living in the city of Wuhan. Dr. Ye, thank you so much for uh, speaking to us about this um, horrible disaster we should all be um, learning more and more about. Yeah, absolutely. If you'd like to hear our post-interview discussion and final verdict, head over to Patreon and subscribe. Your support is greatly appreciated. 
check out our show notes for a link or head over to patreon.com slash the alarmist and stay tuned because next week we'll be discussing the death of Kurt Cobain. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.